It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anza, yes! Touchdown, we did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, joining us on a, uh, what is it, Tuesday today. That's been a weird week for some reason. It's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. Yeah, I kept thinking it was like Wednesday or I don't know. It felt like we skipped a day. <laughs> but it is just Tuesday. And we're here, and we'd love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in on the Full Court Press mobile app. Uh, and a couple of different things to... Not on the mobile app, on the text line. I was about to say, line. hold on a second. Full court press Do text I, line. Is that a new feature? <laughs> I'm sure we, we should have something like that. I we, feel like you should. For and who reason, knows, we might. I don't, we need to work that out. Oh, uh, if there is, and people have been commenting, we've been missing it. So. <laughs> I should check, like, should I check my mobile app and be like, all right. Oh, nope. Let's not text somebody <laughs> on accident. So uh, a lot of different things to cover here on the show today. Uh, we've got um, certainly the you know the college football playoff is done. Championship was last night, and fair number of people debating it. Should Texas Christian, should TCU, still be considered the number two team in America after the way things went last night, and considering how they finished their regular season, well, and the playoffs overall, um, so would you say finish the season? Uh, also, Donovan Mitchell makes his return to Utah tonight. It's been much discussed, must, much uh, debated. And uh, we have our stat that blew our minds, our player of the week, and the uh, Region 11 um, high school basketball player of the week, as voted on by the media members of the Cash Valley Media Group. Uh, so that will be revealed a little bit later on this hour. So a lot of different things to get through here today. Uh, always love to hear from you. Get your questions, your comments. 435-339-0321 to join us on the Full Court Press today. And uh, got a text that came through early this morning, late last night. Early, early. They couldn't wait. <laughs> 8968 at 1216 a.m. Texas Christian just did not belong on the same field with Georgia. I've also wondered if Blake Anderson still thinks that Alabama had the best collection of football players he had ever seen. Well, coaches are prone to hyperbole in that situation that he was in. Um, and Georgia's just, they were really good this year. And that's, that's the thing is that when you look at the, the college football playoff, the reason why it feels like so often, um, well, the reason why there seems like there is blowoffs, blowout, blowouts, holy cow, I can't speak. <laughs> Pulling a TCU on air. Um, it, it's just that there are teams that are just straight up better. Uh, there is a talent gap. There's a coaching and and t- you know a combination of coaching talent and and uh, just a, you know ability. Some of these college teams are just better, and it's unlike pretty much any other sport 
um, where, you know, at least in any league, you're generally going to have um, some measure of parity. Um, but at the upper levels, the teams are just too good. And you see this in high school football and in high school sports as well. Um, actually, sometimes it's even more of an extreme than you see it in the uh, college sports. But still, like for a sport this widely watched, it has some of the worst parity. Um, because unlike in basketball, where, you know, you know the better teams are usually going to win. You know, every now and again, somebody gets hot and just has a good day. That doesn't happen so much, especially not in the playoffs in football, which is Georgia's just that much better, and and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I don't think that Blake Anderson really spent much time reviewing the film about Georgia, or else he may have said something different because uh, he was focused on Alabama. I don't know that he has played Georgia uh, as a coach, but they just looked like they were in a different stratosphere last night than TCU was. Um, and, look, I'll be honest, I saw the first part of it, and then I tuned it out. And apparently I'm not really alone because it was one of the lowest-viewed championship games in a while. Uh, and uh, 17.2 million viewers, which is, I mean, that's not shabby. That's nothing to shake a stick at. Those are still respectable numbers. But uh, it's uh, it's been on the decline. The last uh, One of the lowest uh, championship games in the college football playoff or BCS era. Um, the semifinals, though, when you look at the, the three games in total, the semifinal games and the championship, um, respectable numbers for college football in deciding its champion. Georgia-Ohio State drew about 22.5 million viewers. TCU-Michigan, a little over 21.5. So, uh, you know, the three games in total, definitely respectable numbers. But the championship game barely outdrew a regular season game between Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, it's just, you know, part of that is you you don't get some of the people that maybe tune in a little bit later once they see it's a bit of an exciting game. Um, I tuned in early on. Heck, I tuned in while the show was still going, watched a little bit of it, um, went home, kind of saw the score, was thinking of tuning in, got distracted, looked back, and it was 31-7. I was like, yeah, I'm not tuning in. I'm not watching this game. You know, it, it was just not worth it. Um, and it is a little sad that your championship game is outpaced by your two semifinal games. I don't think that happens very often. Um, but yeah, it just kind of goes to show. Like I've said it over and over. I, I think that the college football championship is the worst championship game in all of sports because it's usually never exciting. Yeah, we've we've seen stretches of of these games where it can be interesting, but uh, certainly that wasn't at all the case last night. Um, it, Georgia, like I said earlier, they're in just different stratosphere. Uh, you could tell that they they had something to prove. They were very hungry. Not to say that TCU wasn't, but just the talent level was just so vastly different. Um, credit to TCU for getting to the championship game. Never would have saw that coming. But TCU ends the regular season losing two of their last three games. And they finish as the number two team in America. Should the number two team, like the AP poll came out today, TCU's number two. But should that be Ohio State? 
Or should it be Michigan instead? Yeah, it's an interesting debate, and we've kind of brought it up on this show before where I've you know, brought up that sometimes the team that was number two in the college, or you know, back then it was like you know, the BCS title game, the team that lost that game would fall to like three or four, because I think University of Utah finished ranked second one year after that. I think that was the year after they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in 2008. If I remember correctly, yeah. Utah jumped up to number two, and I was like, yep. well, why? Um, I was like, if you're in the championship game and you lose, doesn't that make you number two? This is one of those cases where maybe you tilt your head and go, eh, <laughs> not sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, Michigan finished thirteen and one. TCU finished thirteen and two. Okay, but TCU beat Michigan to get into the title game. That's yeah. You you don't rank them behind Michigan after TCU beat them to get to the title game. The only team you can make an argument for is Ohio State, who barely lost to Georgia, and you would think in this case is probably you know better than than TCU just based off of you know transitive property and all that <laughs> um you could make an army for a state but i wouldn't put tcu any lower than third no um and that's only because they got blown out by about 60 points even if they lost 35 24 yeah i'd probably still put them at number two um just you know they're in the championship game they lost put them at number two that's what the playoffs say they are they are the runner-up in college football no matter how you slice it TCU's the right. runner-up. They played themselves into the championship game, but they lost in an epic and historic fashion. Yeah, that's... The largest margin of victory in a bowl game in college football history. Oh, is that bad? <laughs> Jeez. They're going to see like 65 to 7. You know, I might accept or, or understand a score like that if it's, uh, well, you know, we, we see those, you know, back then it was a BCS buster, some group of five school that squares off against a power five school in those New Year's bowl games and then you really see how they're overmatched but in the title game to see that score it's just unreal and Georgia could have gotten more it easily could have scored more the way they were dominating that game offensively and defensively yeah it's just it's just ridiculous and like I said I just happened to look up the uh the last the, all the championship games we've had in the in the college football playoff era and the last close game we had was Alabama against Georgia in 2018. I actually might have a text or somebody who texted in. A couple well, texts that have come through. We'll get to those. Yeah, well, one kind of marks on kind of what I'm talking about here. There were 5308, so you have to go back to 2017 to find an interesting championship game where Tua brought Alabama back to win. But I think that was the semifinal. Or where Alabama beat Georgia to get there. But 2018, maybe that was them coming back. But because, uh, yeah, two was the – maybe that is. Because, yeah, it was 2018. So maybe five through – didn't quite get the year right. Because 2018, Alabama beats Georgia 26-23. That's the last close game that we've had. The other ones, Clemson beats Alabama 44-16. LSU beats Clemson 42-25. Alabama beats Ohio State 52-24. Georgia beats Alabama 33-18. I guess that's kind of close, but then 65-7. Like, how do you, like, the Super Bowl is usually close pretty much every single year. 
Games where it's not close have been by far the exception. And this, it's like, okay, you can get a close game every now and again. It's just, it's just frustrating to think that everything in the entire college football world, at least from a national perspective, everything revolves around the playoff. They talk about it from day one. In July, people will be putting forth their predictions for who will be the final four teams that get into the playoff. And they will update it every week. And every TV talking head will have a graphic saying, this is my, who I think is going to make in the playoff. And they update it every week, every single, almost every single day. Everything. They obsess over the college football playoff. It's all about that. Nothing else. Doesn't matter. Bowl games, G5 teams, nobody cares. And this is what you get. <laughs> the worst college football in terms of competitiveness, in terms of, you know, how interesting it is. Like, this is, like, the worst possible outcome. Yeah, it's not good. You know, college football playoff, just looking at the, the history, um, three of the first four years of its existence, th- they were exciting games. Alabama over Clemson in an upset 45-40. to 40. Uh, Clemson over Alabama in the rematch. 35 to 31. Alabama over Georgia in overtime, 26 to 23. But since then, as you mentioned, yeah, there have been a lot of blowouts. Not very interesting games. Semifinal games have been about the same. Um, we've seen, you know, there was the one game that uh, we had, there was a Georgia Oklahoma game that went into double overtime. That was exciting. But most of those games, Really haven't been that close, and now we're going to expand it to to twelve teams. How is that going to affect it? Will we have a little bit more parity, or will it be just even more big gaps in in scores and and uh, you know, marching marching their way through with the the teams that are just clearly overpowered uh, from their opponents? Yeah, see, we've we've wanted to get more teams into the tournament. But something that I've kind of had to admit is that, look, we want more teams, but like the talent level in college football doesn't justify more teams in the title game. For the large part, you don't need more than four. Because like the, if you're the team that's good enough to win the title game, you will dominate enough to end up in the top four. Maybe you get upset once. Um, if you get upset twice, then you probably weren't. You know, you're not like the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Alabamas and the LSUs that have walked in and, you know, gone 15-0 and through all this. Like, you've got to be a team capable of going 14-1 and at least, 15-0, and you know, obviously at best. And, you know, if you're a team that's capable of doing that, then, well, obviously you're probably going to, and you're going to end up in the playoff. And so expanding it all the way out to 12 great for opportunity and i'm all for it um right i mean look what tulane did to usc you know give them a chance to see if they could do that again to somebody else yeah would they be able to replicate that one game uh i don't know i mean it's kind of like the cinderella story in the in the ncaa tournament you can maybe pull off one upset maybe maybe two but eventually it catches up with you and the better blue chip teams eventually still went out but that's what's fun and exciting is there's still that opportunity to do that. Yeah, and see what's going to happen if you have the 12-team the playoff, playoff. 
the non-champion, it's kind of like this year, where the non-championship games are the more exciting ones. It's where the upsets happen, the close games and the thrillers happen. Then you get to the title game, and it's the one team that's just way better than everyone else. You know, Georgia this year, LSU back in 20, uh, 2018 or 20, 2019. Um, some of the Alabama teams where it's just, they're just that much better, and they're going to throttle everyone on their way there. They'll you know blow at everyone by 40 points. And then they get to the title game and they win 55-10 or some or 45-20. You know, it, it's just going to keep being boring championship games for the most part, unless you have a year where there's two teams that are just that good, or maybe there just isn't a team that is as good as Georgia this year. Well, the other thing about Georgia, just you know, watching that game last night, just the the youth on that team. <laughs> I mean, they're that dominant and they're that young. Yeah. A lot of these guys coming back. Uh, eight seven nine eight texting in. Georgia would have throttled anybody last night. They were on a mission and nothing was going to stop them. Yeah, that's just like I said. There's the teams that are just that much better. And when they have a good game, you have one of the you know if they're playing at their best, then yeah, you're just not going to be able to beat them. Uh, 9315, still think TCU is a good school. <laughs> Georgia just looked like they intercepted TCU play calling. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? It's a good film study. Uh, an extra week to prepare. Uh, 5308, you've got to go back to, oh, you mentioned this, 2017. Yeah. Uh, 8968, texting in. Just like any other tournament, they played for the championship and lost. I'll be, albeit, real bad game to, to say the least the winner is champion the loser is second yeah yeah it's, like i said tcu's the runner up that's how it is and i i have my issues with ap voting in general but if they're putting tcu at second i will not complain uh, the AP, only people the only people complaining will be ohio state fans well yes uh ap and coaches polls are similar one through nine Georgia, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, Washington, and Tulane. And then they start to differ. Uh, Utah's 10 in the AP, 11th in the coaches. Florida State is 10 in the coaches and 11 uh, in the AP. So there's a few variants here and there, but not by you know dramatic differences. Uh, besides Tulane, Troy is another G5 school. That makes it to the top 25, 19 in the AP, 20 in the coaches. And Fresno State cracking the top 25 at the very end of the season. A Mountain West school for the first time this season cracks the top 25. Fresno State coming in at number 24 in both polls. Yeah, there you go. Finally made it in. Mountain West having a down year. But you know, kind of going back to the, the parody in, in college football, the hope of all this is, you know, the top five-ish programs, the ones that are constantly just, you know, that one team that's just way good, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, whatnot. The hope is that, you know, other teams actually having a chance to make the playoff will release the stranglehold those teams have on uh, top-tier recruits. Because hmm. right now, anyone who wants to go to the playoff you know, and, and they're a top-tier crew who can get recruited by anyone they want. Um, they go to Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State. And that's pretty much it. 
and you have that's 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 where they go because they know if they go to USC sure it's a great historic program you get to the NFL there's you know great you know great place to play but you're not going to the playoff you know if you go to Washington again power 5 school not going to the playoff um you know Washington's been to the playoff before yes that's true so but you know, again, just you could just go down the list of Power Five schools. I'm just thinking of ones to name off. There's some that I guess have a chance, but just so much less than Alabama and you know a bunch yeah, of these other right, schools. Really, there's only f- maybe five schools, six, who year in and year out regularly have a, a chance uh, and will appear in the college football playoff. Yeah, like if I said, all right, here, like if I said, my prediction for next year's playoff is Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Notre Dame. What are the odds that I'm wrong on all four of those? I'd say you'd be wrong on Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> but let's let's say I substitute Ohio State and uh, Ohio State and Michigan. I guess just hedge your bets and pick the top two teams out of the Big Twelve and the SEC. You're gonna be right on one or two of those. Yeah, it's usually it's a, there's gonna be a representative from the SEC always, and then usually there's a, a Big Ten representative. And you know, Clemson had its run representing the ACC, but they've been out of it for the last few years. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's usually just a handful. Uh, of select teams that really are in the running every year, but it's, but it's because they have the facilities, they get the blue chip recruits every year, uh, and they have the NIL money now to make an even further difference. Yeah, and so that's the thing. If you combine the expansion and NIL, that's what can create parity here. Now, it's not really going to create parity for a team like Utah State in terms of getting recruits. The expansion just gives Utah State a chance you know, you know, Utah State, just any G5 team. doesn't have to be Utah State. It gives them a chance to make the playoff. Um, the NIL and the expansion will, you know, it helps the, you know, the, the other, the non-Alabamas, the not, the not Georgias. It helps them get recruits. It helps the Texas A&M who spends money like nobody's business. Maybe someday they'll be able to finally buy a berth into the playoff. <laughs> someday. Or they'll just keep being the most disappointing college football program in the history of college football. A lot of, well, there's an old saying, big hat, no cattle. And uh, that's that's Texas A&M. That is exactly <laughs> Texas A&M. Uh, 9315, how long would it take for the new playoff bracket uh, to make it almost every game exciting and not a blowout? Uh Every game exciting? I don't know if it can ever do that. It, it can't. You know, you see it with bowl games where there's just too many blowouts. College football is just prone to having blowouts, even if you think the teams are evenly matched. One of them just blows the other out. Um, just because there's I mean, there's also exciting close games. Not yeah, to say there that are. all of them are, but this, to say that all of them would be every game, or at least almost every game would be exciting and not a blowout, just because you're expanding the field doesn't mean that necessarily you'll have more exciting games. 
I mean, it certainly gives that potential, yeah. But well, those inner, you know, inner top ten uh, games can be really interesting. Yeah, we you saw know, some exciting New Year's or New Year's Eve uh, bowl games this year. Uh, semifinals were really exciting this year. Yeah. So we, we can see exciting football, but we can we've also seen our fair share of blowouts as well. Yeah, I, I think the first round in a 12-team playoff, because I think they'd end up giving buys to like the top four or something like that, um, where you have four playoff games um, in the first round between teams 5 through 12. I think that would produce, you know, out of four games, you'd probably get at least two or three of them to be decently exciting. So long as, you know, you know maybe in a bad year they're all boring, but maybe in a good year they're all really exciting. So it's like... I think that first round would be exciting. It'd be after that where it's like, okay, you know, one of the teams in that first round blew everybody out, and then the top four teams maybe they blow out somebody else. I don't know. It's just well, if you look at the top twelve teams right now, the teams that now this is after bowl games have been played, so take a win or a loss off of the fact off of these records. But uh, if you look at the top twelve teams right now. You know, Utah had four losses. Well, I guess if it were a playoff going into it, they would have only had three. Yeah. Uh, but most of the teams in that group, in that top 12, only had two losses. So a lot of parity there. A lot of 11-2 and two teams in that group. Yeah, when, when you get into the top 10, you're a good team. Um, maybe G5 teams could get outmatched just because maybe they don't have the depth and they're playing a bit over their head, but not always. There are times they can go toe-to-toe with those those Power 5 schools. And so I think first round of the playoff will be good, usually in a 12-team. Most of the games will be decent, sometimes really exciting. Could probably have a decent second round. But the further along you go in the playoff, the more likely you are to have these blowouts because the, in the end you're running out of teams um, that can stand up, you know, maybe to the just the one good team. Or you're just narrowing the field where – it's the one or two really good teams and everybody else. And so once it's only down to those teams, then they just, you know, are blowing everybody out. Right. But it, this opens the door for somebody who may have had something that kind of caused them to stumble earlier in the year, but get on a roll uh, to still have a chance. Uh, whereas before, if you had two early season losses, there's no way you're getting you know an opportunity to play, but you could be a very different team in November than you were in September, and many teams wouldn't want to face you, but uh, you were out of the mix. It was too late. Uh, more texts coming through. We'll get to those four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to chime in, uh, college football playoff is in the football season is now officially done, so let the morning begin <laughs> until spring ball gets underway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what did you think about it? And now we can kind of put the full football season in the rear view. Uh, we've got Utah Jazz in action tonight, hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell making his return to Salt Lake City. Uh, we've got the stat that blew our minds, player of the week, and our Region 11 high school basketball player of the week. It's all ahead here on the Full Court Press.
Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove Com. Experience Sunday brunch at Prodigy Brewing on Center Street. Churro French toast, beignets and berries, and everyone's favorite chili quiles. A delicious combination of eggs, house-made enchilada sauce, tortilla chips, avocado, and pico. Brunch has an all-new meaning of tasty when you visit Prodigy Brewing. Serve Sundays 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Prodigy's atmosphere is vibrant, energetic, and friendly. Whether it's with family or friends, Sunday brunch at Prodigy Brewing is a delicious experience. Prodigy Brewing, exceptional food, extraordinary service, and family-friendly on Center Street in downtown Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Let's talk about getting your car registered. What a pain. With registration and emissions, it takes hours. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's will take that pain away. Stop in to get your oil changed and have the emissions test done. Then re-register your car. It's that easy, all in one stop. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main. Open seven days a week. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is locally owned and operated inside the beautiful new Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. Expect the most cutting-edge techniques, qualified doctors, and friendly staff to ensure the highest quality patient care. The ENT providers have extensive training to properly treat ear, nose, and throat conditions for adults and children. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat serves all of northern Utah and southern Idaho, accepting most insurance products including SelectMed. Go to CashValleyENT.com for appointments and details. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, located in North Logan and Providence. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming on the 106.9 The Fan mobile app and 106.9thefan.com. And taking your texts on the Full Court Press uh, mobile app. Why do I say that? Second time I've said that. Come on. Text line. Full Court Press text line. 435-339-0321. couple more texts coming in. We'll get to those. 9315. How do you pitch to recruits at the G5 level that they could be the first G5 to make and have a possibility to complete and win, uh, or will that never happen? I mean, somebody in the G5 and the expanded playoff is going to get into the uh, – obviously with the, the format, I think there's an assume that they'll – somebody will get in from the G5. And well, somebody, Cincinnati did last year. Yeah, I guess that's true. Somebody's already done it. Um, And somebody do it again. Somebody's going to get into the – into the semifinal. Somebody's going to earn their way from the 12 team all the way into the semifinals from G5. It's going to happen. 
Um, will somebody ever win the national title? Remains to be seen. I have my doubts, but anything's possible. Uh, very unlikely, but yes, technically possible. 16 seed beat a 1 seed. It happened. Yeah. Eventually. 6294. Hey, that game was exciting. I watched till the end. Of course, I bet the over. <laughs> Wasn't the over like 63? <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought I saw somebody say the over was 63. And uh, it was, I'm pretty sure Georgia covered the over by themselves. They by themselves alone. I don't think the over was much more than 60-something. 2305, texting in. How did the Aggie football recruiting early process go compared to other teams in the Mountain West? In other words, where do they rank our recruiting class at this time? The rankings I've seen have placed Utah State's overall rank fairly low in the Mountain West. uh, Let's see. Okay, so here's... um, so on three, the one that I've gone to, where I feel like they're at least had rankings because a lot of you know recruits may not have a rating, and so they won't impact the the overall ranking. And uh, Utah State has a bit more guys actually rated in their recruiting class, and this as opposed to two four seven, which is where I've often gone. But Utah State is ranked sixth in the Mountain West. It's actually up from where I saw them last thing last time I saw them, they were ninth or tenth. But they're ranked sixth in the Mountain West. Or is this for 2022? No, that's for 2022. <laughs> so I'm looking, while you uh, update that, I'm looking at 24-7 sports, and they have Utah State at 108 overall. Okay. And so they're, uh, yeah, there's as the- far as conference rank, they put them at seventh. Yeah, actually, I've now updated to 2023, and it gets better. They're now at fifth. So, uh, and again, I think that's gone up from where I saw them uh, last. You know, I think some of these guys have gotten ratings, and um, they've also added, I think, a couple of names since last time I looked. So, you know, even when some of these sites were rating Utah State fairly low, I thought the recruiting class was solid. It's not superb, but it's not bad. It's solid, middling. And it can be really hard to rate a recruiting class for you for a team like Utah State anyway because so much of it is development yeah and so many times your top recruits are not the guys who end up performing for you like go look at 247 sports and look at the the top five or six players that Utah State's ever you know they're the top five rated players they've ever recruited it's filled with guys who just never played or just you know didn't do anything there's some guys that, you know, were obviously somewhat of consequence. But so many times they were just, you know, nobody's. I think Sam Merrill was like a two-star recruit. Yeah. You know, Justin B, I don't think he even had a rating. He was a walk-on. He was a walk-on, yeah. I don't think Numiash Keta had a rating. It's like, you know, for, for Utah State, the star ratings usually don't mean anything because you're recruiting a bunch of guys who might might not even have a ranking or they're two-star guys. But you develop them, and they become really good. That's the recruiting uh, model for Utah State. Right. It's a development program. Uh, always has and most likely always will be. Uh, 8968, I have to admit it, I did not watch any of the playoffs at all. I just didn't care. 
it's like you have stated, and for about us, as long as I remember, it's always the same teams year in and year out. Boring. Yeah, that's why I was, you know, wanting TCU in there because it's actually a new team. It's something exciting. You know, it's why Cincinnati getting in last year. Um, you know, it was just, or was it last year they got in? Or was it two years ago? Who? Cincinnati? Yeah, Cincinnati. They were in it last year. Okay. I'm not going crazy. Yeah, it's just, you, you crave something new. It was like in the NBA uh, Finals when it was like the fourth straight year of Cavaliers-Warriors. It was like, okay, why, like, what has gone wrong with the sport? And you have these people saying, oh, but it's a good thing for the sport that it's the same team the fourth year in a row. But, you know, people don't want to watch it. So, you want to see new teams. You want to see exciting games. But college football just isn't delivering that at the top. So, and, and there's people that have different tastes. You know, it's you have an entire, you know, group of five level teams. There's fan bases who, you know, cling to their teams despite they know they'll never be in the championship games. They just ignore it. Like a good chunk of college football will ignore the championship game because they don't care. Because it doesn't involve them. They don't really follow the teams. They'll watch it if they think it's going to be decent football. But in a lot of these games, it's not decent football. And so they started to tune out a little bit more. Uh, Got to take another time out here in the Full Court Press. Love to have you chime in uh, as we were recapping the end of the college football season now. that The championship game is in the books. Regular season, bowl games, playoff, it's all in the books for college football. Uh, and it will restart again with the uh, National Letter of Intent signing day for Utah State on February 1st. And uh, not long after that will be spring ball for USU. Uh, all of these guys are uh, on campus. A uh, good number of Utah State players. Talking about a development program for USU. They've been able to find a lot of players in the early recruiting class who could arrive on campus early. And so they're here now in the weight room, starting to study the playbook, meet with coaches, uh, and um, you know, get themselves ready to go for spring ball. And then the uh, and there's some more transfer portal guys coming through, um, and so Utah State is still working on developing their uh, their class for this upcoming season and for the future of the program. Uh, next on the full court press, you know we've certainly speaking of the Aggies, the Utah State men's basketball team getting ready for Wyoming tonight. We have some injury updates on who will and will not be available for both teams. Uh, we have the stat that blew our minds, our player of the week. Region 11 High School Basketball Player of the Week, and Donovan Mitchell making his return to Utah. How, if you were there in person, how do you react when he is introduced? With cheers or with boos? Or do you sit on your hands and don't care? 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. 
Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750-5151. Let's start the new year right with a huge winter clearance at Daryl's Appliance. You know Daryl's for their scratch and dead appliances. Now save an extra 10% off through January 14th. They have selected appliances marked down to move fast. Plus, get 18 months financing on your purchase and you'll get Daryl's exclusive additional two-year warranty. And the famous Daryl's Difference, because service always comes first. Only at Daryl's Appliance, west on Airport Road. Les Olson IT structured cabling is second to none. Tired of old and inefficient cabling? Have an upgrade or remodel planned? Building a new network from the ground up? We offer the very best in low-voltage cabling installation, including data, phone, fiber optic, and more. Ask us how to get your free consultation today. Les Olsen IT. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Supporting local high school sports and the many wonderful arts and cultural events in our community. That's how local McDonald's says thank you. And McDonald's is signed on to be the presenting sponsor of our weekly high school player of the week. And uh, we try to do that Tuesdays at 430. I'm a little bit late on that. Jason reminded me during the break. Keep me on track. But uh, we've been doing this for a couple of months now. Um, going back and recapturing kind of the the uh, stats, the the highlights, the exciting events from the previous week, and recognizing one particular player, student athlete who stands out. And we have a new one for this week, Jason. We took a little bit of time off. Holidays yeah. were a little bit wonky with schedules and who was where and what was available, but uh, we're back at it again. Yeah, it was hard to really narrow down. Like, because there's two weeks where it's like. Some teams played, some teams didn't. It wasn't really a good way to combine them, and it was just I just didn't want to deal with it. And that was traveling and holidays and family. I was like, we're not doing this. Um, and I kind of anticipated that, that that, that would happen uh, because of the way the schedule works out in uh, high school basketball. But we are back, and this week the votes are in. The article is probably about to be published by now. It'll be it's scheduled to go out in a couple of minutes here. Uh, the winner... Uh, this week's Cash Valley Media Group Prep Basketball Player of the Week, presented by McDonald's, <laughs> the longest it's award name ever. Uh, it's Jared Anderson, Green Canyon's junior guard. Uh, he scored a career-high 32 points. Uh, it was a close loss to Bonneville. They lost 57-56. But uh, Anderson had a career-high 32 points, career-best uh, seven three-pointers made in that game. He also grabbed seven rebounds. And then he also had 15 points in Green Canyon's win over Judge Memorial. So, solid week for Jared Anderson. Yeah, very impressive. And uh, we talked about the latest RPI standings, which came out yesterday, and kind of the, looking at these Region 11 teams 
ahead of region play starting this week. The boys start on Thursday. The girls start on Friday. Um, but, you know, Green Canyon, just one of those teams that is on the cusp of breaking through. They've had some some tough games this season so far, competitive games. Um, they just, you know, finding those wins has been a little bit tough for them. But uh, it's not for lack of some talent. Jared Anderson's really come along for them, especially yeah, he, lately. Yeah, he's a talented kid, talented scorer. He's one of the top scorers in Region 11 right now. Might be the top scorer. I don't have the um, most recent numbers in front of me, but he's up there. I think him and Kyver Jensen are up there. Maybe Luke Sorensen and um, another Anderson. Um, oh, I forgot his first name. <laughs> Justin. Justin Anderson. So we've had a Justin Anderson win player of the week and a Jared Anderson. No need to get them confused. Uh, but there are some pretty good nominees this week, as there normally are, and made the made voting for me tough. Yeah, I know. Another guy who's up there in voting was Kyver Jensen. He Some of these guys only played one game. Um, Jensen, he played the one game, had 25 points. Um, also had Cambry Tensmeyer of Green Canyon, uh, Gracie Riley of Barrett Over. Gracie Riley had 13 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 steals. Amazing. In uh, her her one game, she played. Uh, Jordan Child played a couple. You know, had a couple good games. Had twenty three points in one of Logan's games. And then uh, Tanner Davis, he had twenty five points in Skyview's lone game last week. So a lot of really good, uh, really good performances. A lot of them again were just kind of one game. So we'll get into the stretch where everyone plays at least two games at this point, with some exceptions because I think some teams will have like a bye day or something. Do they do little buys like in the middle of the week. Uh, not really. I mean, they'll they'll go through they'll, they'll play everybody in the region, and then there's a bit of a break, and then they will go play everybody again, okay. but alt- at the alternate venue from where they played them the first time. I guess since there's like an even number of teams, they don't do like a take a day off in the middle of the week sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll get into it. It'll be a little more formulaic. It'll be a little easier to to track some of these down. But uh, yeah, Jared Anderson, Player of the Week. Uh, so next week, uh, we'll only have one game uh, for everybody to look back on because, as we mentioned, boys play Thursday, girls play Friday. Uh, but uh, from here through the end of the regular season for, for basketball, and then we're going to look to see if we can do this for spring sports. Uh, but um, we've been having a lot of fun doing it uh, for football and doing it for basketball as well. But, uh, again, McDonald's kind of our presenting sponsor of this uh, for the their local franchisees for Cash and Box Elder. Uh, proud to be part of the community and proud to sponsor the uh, Region 11 Cash Valley Media Group Player of the Week. And I may have got that in the wrong order, but... There's, you forgot to insert prep basketball prep, in there. Prep basketball. Like I said, there's about 17 words <laughs> in the entire ensemble. <laughs> I need to find a way to shorten this. Uh, we'll uh, maybe take a look at that during the break or... Or not. But a lot more to come. We've got uh, certainly the, the reunion, not the reunion, the return, I should say, of Donovan Mitchell to Salt Lake City after leaving to go to uh, being traded to Cleveland. And looked like things were okay until the Jazz prepared to play them in Cleveland. And Donovan had some some things to say about Utah, just talking about his, his time there, some of his own personal experiences. And that has had some fans kind of wrinkled and upset with some of the things that he said uh, do you? So, how will you react tonight when he's introduced? If you were there in the arena, will you boo or would you cheer? Or are you ambivalent? You just don't care. Uh, we also have the stat that blow our minds, or player of the week, and um, uh, Utah State Aggies getting ready for Wyoming. We'll get into that. Who is and isn't available? 
seems to be an ongoing question, especially with Wyoming. And we have an update coming up on the Full Court Press. It's never too late or too cold to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your drunker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. Has inflation got you down? This is Zach with HSA Depot. Did you know you can save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies? Health savings and flex spending accounts can be used for more than just doctor visits and prescriptions. HSA Depot helps you conquer your health care by providing HSA and FSA eligible products, taking the guesswork out of the process. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty and see how much you can save. HSA Depot, five-star review. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. At Napa Auto Parts, diesel additives from Howes, Power Service, Schaefer's, and Stanadine are all in stock. Plus, you get $20 rebate on Napa Legend and Napa AAA batteries. Even have night vision headlights for 50% off. Go check it out right now. Five locally owned Napa Auto Parts stores between Preston and Providence. Uh, getting back to our full court press text line, a number of texts coming through. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in. Uh, 4781 says that he would boo Donovan so badly. Don't be like that. He's a hater. Uh, but I understand there's a good number of fans who feel the same way. Personally, I don't. But uh, I can understand where some are coming from. Uh, 2947, oh, come on. Everyone should cheer when Mitchell returns. We as an organization traded him. Yes, if we're honest, I'm sure he caused some problems with chemistry and in the locker room, but this is one of our all-time jazz greats, and he saved us from the bottom of the league when Hayward hosed us. Hayward is someone you might boo. Mitchell did so much for us and for the most part was a pure class act and great influence on the community. Yeah, and say I'm more inclined to go along with 2947 here. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit more, but... Um, there are two things that are true here, at least. Um, the one is that Donovan Mitchell, you know, very much uh, led a great era of jazz basketball, you know, four or five years. Great, fun basketball overall. Mitchell did also want to leave. Like, he did. That's a fact. Undeniable. He wanted to leave. Um but he so, wasn't public about it. Yeah. And, and he that's was classy within the organization. He didn't let it air out in the media, as we've seen many other star players do. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the, the, that's another point in his favor. It's like, look, he was here, you know, great era of jazz basketball. Yes, he did want to leave. Yes, he did give up on the jazz. Um, but he's also professional about it. So there's some things to be kind of mad at him over. But overall, you know, the vilification of Donovan Mitchell is dumb. 
Yes. Being disappointed that it ended the way it did and that Mitchell kind of gave up on the Jazz, I get it. But vilifying him, just don't. Don't. It's unwarranted. Uh, 9315 uh, texting in. It's a weird gif of somebody throwing it down. Will the Aggies play a game like this tonight to make up for the Boise game? Uh, weird gif. Yeah. That's a classic video game. Yeah, NBA Jam on fire, and he's dunking and breaking the backboard. Also, my biggest key for tonight's game, the ball needs to go in the hoop a lot in the beginning of the game. I think it needs to go in the hoop for a lot of the game. Certainly in the beginning, I get it. You know, you see it the was ball going in the, the beginning of the Boise game. Get some confidence. Uh, let's see, eight nine six eight. Do you mean by a group of five the same five college football teams every year? <laughs> that's that's good, clever. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, that is good. the group of five. Six two one one. What time does the Aggie basketball game start tonight? Uh, I saw an original one that said eight thirty. I've seen a, a post in list today that say eight forty. So pregame should still be at seven thirty though. Um, do do do. W Chuck FS1 is saying 8:30 tip, but I saw one scheduled today and it said 8:40. Yeah, I don't know if that's changed anything, but show up by 8:30 and you'll be there in time. Yeah. I'll be there at like eight. So <laughs> <laughs> seven nine nine four. I will cheer Markinen loudly. Good. Yeah, I I will too. You should. I mean, I won't be there, but I would. I would. I will not. Um, very specific reason. Uh, you're going to be covering <laughs> the Aggies. Yeah, I'll be in a different game where cheering is expressly uh, discouraged. So I've noticed something this week where uh, Jazz as a, Utah Jazz as an organization, Ryan Smith as the owner specifically, are really going out of their way saying we should welcome Donovan Mitchell back with open arms and be gracious. Um, Were you expecting him to say otherwise? Well, I'm a little surprised. I mean, they didn't do that when Rudy Gobert was coming back ahead of the Minnesota game. It was, oh, once a jazz man, always a jazz man. I mean, they showed the highlights in the Jumbotron. Like, yeah, we're excited to have Rudy back. And that was it. That was end of story. But this week, and starting last week, it's been going all weekend. The Utah Jazz as an organization... And those who cover the Jazz seem to be really going out of their way because that's what Utah as an organization is feeding them or really pushing on them is let's remember the good things Donovan did for this organization and we're going to welcome him with open arms and we should all be excited about his accomplishments while he wore a Jazz uniform. Let's be gracious and positive. It's important for our state to do this in a good and positive manner. I think part of that, and you, you bring up Rudy Gobert, them not doing it to him, is because nobody disliked Rudy Gobert. Nobody dislikes Rudy Gobert, except weird people and terrible people. Um, Donovan Mitchell, his exit was much more controversial, and that's why you know, you know people get asked, oh, will they, will they boo Donovan Mitchell? They didn't ask if they'd boo Rudy Gobert because nobody would. But people are aware of, you know, there's mixed feelings about Donovan Mitchell. And so that question's getting asked, and uh, so the question's being answered. Question and that's, and that's the question Rudy Gobert wasn't asked. It is being asked about Donovan Mitchell, and, and I think so there's a necessity to push it. Yeah, and that's true. And I think it certainly has amped up since some of his comments in that 
uh, long-form interview uh, ahead of Utah's game in Cleveland where he said some things about his personal experiences that were tough being in Utah, and a lot of fans got upset about that, which kind of boggles my mind a little bit. If this is someone's personal experience, things that he found frustrating, and you're going to be mad at him about that, that I don't understand. It's because it bled into politics and social aspects that get really heated. More on that coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press. Going to end. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Over the last decade, the SEC has dominated college football. And after this year's bowl season, the SEC's control over the sport has remained consistent. Since starting the new playoff format in 2014, the SEC is 10-1 in semifinal games. And that doesn't even include Georgia's dominant performance over TCU last night in the national title game. The Bulldogs' win makes them only the eighth team in history to go back-to-back. Georgia has multiple NFL players at all levels. But what makes the team season so impressive is the ability to reload. After the Bulldogs' national title last year, the team lost 15 players to the NFL. Fast forward to this season, and Georgia went undefeated and replaced multiple NFL starters with future NFL draft picks. That type of transition usually only happens at Alabama, but the Dogs are now the gold standard in college football, and a national title hangover doesn't appear very likely for the Bulldogs. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 